0: Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth-minded organizations. Welcome back to Brands Made Meaningful. We're working on a project right now with a golf club. It's actually a community. And we're early in the process and I'm reminded, I'm looking at our, at our show notes and what we're talking about today, which is super topical, because this literally comes on the heels of a conversation that we had yesterday with the, the committee, which is a group of volunteer members who are helping kind of lead this, this specific initiative that they're working on. And what I was reminding myself while I was listening to the six or seven committee member volunteers in, the converse, in their discovery learning conversation that we were having. <laughs> was t- who to be paying attention to and to be paying attention to
1: everybody Right. and not just the loudest voice in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when And you're talking about a specific project. We run into this every project we work on. We run into trying to keep the loudest voice in the room at the weight it needs to be at. Keep it in context. Yep, context is a huge a huge word here. Um, when what we mean by the loudest voice in the room is we need to be mindful that the people who are the most boisterous, the people who are, you know, they have their chest out and they're really uh, passionate about something. They are only one subset of the opinion of everyone or even the target market or any of those other things. So we need to take it with a grain of salt. It's one it's one voice, it's one opinion among in this membership case,
0: among 600 people or among the board. I mean, this is' I mean, like you said, this happens all the time and it happens in, you know in life and in, in all, aspects, all aspects of business. But as we think about this through the, the branding lens, if we, as the company who's hired to help them, make the mistake of taking the loudest voice as the only important voice, we're going to run into some problems.
1: Yeah. I. Our job is to make our clients happy, right? That's everyone thinks of that as the primary goal. I think that there's a, another primary goal is to get it right. And so it's really hard to say, we're trying to make everyone happy, but you can't make everyone happy, but you have to do it right. So for us, there is a, we're going to try to make everyone happy, but we know we have to make the project go the right direction using the right thoughts and and using those insights correctly. Our job is to do right by the entire organization, yeah. to do
0: right by the client, even when the loudest voice might be the person who's the lead or um, the person who even hired us, they hired us to do right by their entire organization.
1: So a little bit of context, like, what are some of the risks that we take if we're just gonna listen to the loudest voice in the room? What happens if that voice is the primary, the thought that we run through? Um, the biggest
0: one for me is it's a it's extremely limited perspective it's a narrow point it's only one person's point of view now if that's a solopreneur or an independent organization that one person owns then that's fine their perspective is what you know is what uh counts but when you're dealing with a team of people at a at a sports organization at a at a club in within a business that one person's perspective might not have taken all of the information into context. And it might be colored and or skewed and only following their insight, their opinion, um, might basically have
1: us miss the larger picture by only seeing it from their point of view. For sure. It creates blind spots, right? Because they don't know everything um, and they aren't everyone and they don't talk to everybody either. So there's this level of, their personal bias, which is likely to come in. I mean, when we work on projects, our personal biases come out too. But that it's super hard to say if we only listen to this one person, then we're not getting the full picture. I think in the blind spots, that's an, that 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 might be the biggest thing. I mean,
0: we're missing um, we're missing insights, we're missing valuable points of view, information, perspective, um, alternate solutions different ways to approach this, other things that are important that maybe the quieter voices in the
1: room haven't had the opportunity to to be heard yet. In these projects, it's natural for people. Most of the people we work with, they this is the first time they've done this. So it's natural for them not to want to step up and say something because they're not quite sure how this works. They're not really sure if they should step up and say this or that. And so what we do with that is to be mindful that Not everyone has done these projects before and their opinion, they just don't know how valuable it quite is yet. The next one is conforming thoughts. So this for me is really important because someone, let's say it's the CEO says something and there's a bunch of people in the room that want to align with that thought because they feel like it's beneficial to them in some capacity. Um, Excuse my language. We call this like saving their asses in some capacity, um, or any of that type of conversation. It happens a lot more than you'd think. Is to say, well, someone higher up on the the ladder had said this one thing, and now everyone else either agrees with that in some kind of capacity. It's not realistic to say everyone agrees with that CEO every single time.
0: But it takes a it takes a some bravery to, you know, not just disagree, but to appropriately pose an alternate option, an alternate or additional information and to not feel like you're basically, yeah, hanging yourself out to dry, putting your job or your position at risk by including whatever the insights are that you think are valid to this whole, you know, branding thing that we're working on that we keep talking about.
1: And some people just aren't naturally confrontational, right? So like it takes this level of, If you're not naturally confrontational, someone might say something and you might say, yeah, I I agree with that, I guess. But you might not have if they didn't say that. Or you might have came up with a completely different thought if you didn't say that. You just don't know, right? So there's this level of some people need bravery, but also it's just natural for them to cling on to other people's ideas because that's just the natural way it works.
0: We've also run into the exact opposite where we've got seven, eight, very, very strong voices in the room (laughs) and all of them think a little bit differently and all of them need to be heard. Um, That's a whole different, like, how do we navigate that scenario? That's a totally different podcast. Okay. Um, next one. We titled this inequality that that being the that the loudest voice doesn't nec- isn't always necessarily the person who actually has the most experience or expertise in this matter. They might have the most authority within an organization. They might be the CEO, so they they do have the final say, but the CEO's expertise might not be In this very specific initiative.
1: There's a saying that is the usually the smartest people in the room are the quietest people in the room. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's kind of what this is based on is that sometimes you can't confuse loudness for competence. So. Not everyone who's loud knows what they're talking about and not everyone who's loud understands all the different areas that we need to do this for. So that kind of inequality of prioritizing certain voices because they're louder creates this level of we're only going to listen to you because you have that, I don't know, natural instinct to say what you think. Yep, exactly. Um, the, the, the other another challenge or
0: problem with only listening to the loudest voices in the room is the potential the potential to, to miss, to miss the mark, to make a mistake by basically making a decision that wasn't yet fully
1: informed. This comes from my thought about us and our team is we can't be the loudest people in the room either. When we come into a project, we've done hundreds of branding initiatives, right? With different people, every single one is different. So what we can't do is come and say, we're the experts, pound our chest and say, you need to listen to us about every single piece of this because we don't know everything either. We, every project's a new opportunity to learn something completely different. And to me, that is this potential for mistakes. If we don't listen to the the people that aren't loudest in the room, then we're really opening the door to missing something that can save us in the long run with a project. And that's happened time and time again, whether it's at the beginning of a project or whether it's at the end, think about efficiencies in just listening to everyone. It might take more time on the front end, but it saves time long-term because you find out things that kind of make it easier for you to make those decisions.
0: It's our job to do that due diligence too. Um, we just interviewed, we're working with a club and, um, who's, um, looking or considering a rebranding initiative a brand refresh and we interviewed a cross-section of about I don't know 25 members of the club huh. and you know our assumption is the list of people that we've decided would be good people to talk to that list was provided to us by the by the committee yeah um, and so it's a little bit of on us to be talking with them to make sure that that list of people does, include enough of a cross section of enough of the membership so that we're getting the full that we're seeing the full picture yeah. and not just say 25 people that the person who put the list together already knows is going to back up his mm-hmm. specific point of view. I mean there's some politics that we're navigating we're navigating change management. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, it's our job
1: to do right by the client in this case. Well, even outside the club space with projects within like the professional team space, there is, let's take a subset of fans, right? There's all these different fan categories. If we listen to one fan group, we might be alienating a different one because they're really passionate about something. And this other group isn't quite passionate about that. But if you go all in on this one category, you're going to lose this other one. That's. This like potential for mistakes, if we're only listening to the people that might make us feel like, yeah, that, that, that feels right. Let's just go that way and not listening to everybody, then it really creates a, I, we, I just come back to blind spots over and over again, right? That's kind of this big theme of this conversation. Um, the last part is stifling creativity. So we, I just had a conversation with one of our designers this morning and he said, we can't leave a stone unturned. And what he was referring to is design specific mm-hmm. stuff, but this is perfect for this as well, is that sometimes when we settle for one answer, cause it's just the quickest and the easiest answer, it doesn't really open our minds up to what's possible. Um, and challenging ourselves to be brave and to do something different and surprising rather than doing something that's obvious and right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. The f- sometimes
0: the first idea does end up being the right idea. But sometimes the best idea takes a little bit of sweat, blood, um, and effort because we can't see it until you see something else. And it's a whole uncovery process, uh, a process of discovery and uncovering. And it's that next thing that we try that actually then got us to the final right decision the really authentic, relevant, surprising one. Totally agree. Other than the blood thing,
1: we we don't spill blood
0: in <laughs> well, any of our projects. Back in the old days there was some exacto blade incidents, yeah, um, well. but yeah, metaphorical blood, <laughs> yeah. metaphorical blood. Yeah. So how do you how do you how do we solve this? How does an organization who is about ready to take on this initiative, who's already doing one, um, or a creative agency who's teeing something up,
1: what's the what's yeah. the solution? Short answer would be research. Um, in depth research would be maybe a better way of saying that, uh, qualitative, quantitative research that helps us balance it. The other way I like to say is we want to get perspectives from a data standpoint. It's helpful to have people from a non-emotional, like here's what they actually think and said, and we can go from just data points. And that's great from a quantitative standpoint qualitative it's one-on-one interviews it's this get them out of a group a lot of people love focus groups because just the efficiency of it i think that we found the most effective way to do it is one-on-one interviewing with with members, whether it's fan groups, whether it's a specific fan, whether it's staff, whether you get that. I mean, when we're talking about get outside the meeting room, get outside the boardroom for a second. uh, It's amazing how many conversations you can have with when we have them with a client to say that conversation would never have happened in front of their entire team.
0: It's a confidential, safe, one-on-one environment where we've given them the license to speak without being over- somebody else talking over them without them being afraid to put themselves at risk because somebody else was in the room there are projects that we've worked on that would never have been as successful as they were had we not learned what we learned in a bunch of one-to-one conversations I think those are the most the most helpful part of uncovering the blind spots validating some thinking that we they already believed um and then uncovering some new opportunities that we would never would have uh thought of had we not had those opportunities to talk one-on-one
1: and and i think of those one-on-one conversations as casual right Mm -hmm. so we don't like when we do our interview process it's not a very formal sit down here's who we are here's who you are i need to answer these specific questions it's an informal conversation about what's happening and what needs to happen and those casual conversations it's. It's like you just kind of unlock people. Just kind of like shoulders go down. People just like, oh, we're talking. Okay, yep. sounds good. Yep. There is no, you know, cover your backside on any of this stuff because what you're worried about is like whatever everyone else thinks. But when you have a confidential, casual conversation, people are just like, here's what I actually think. Then we do our job by taking that and saying, okay, how do we, how do we mold a storyline? How do we mold a strategy around that? knowing we can't necessarily use their quotes with them and saying, well, the CEO said this specifically. And so... It makes us smarter, makes us do our job better. It also
0: helps with the organizational side of change management in giving a bunch of people the opportunity to feel included and involved um, and not, say, stifled in a bigger meeting setting when they didn't feel like they had the opportunity to give their
1: two cents. Yeah, overpowered or any of that kind of stuff. I think the word for maybe it's the phrase for 2024 might be change management. I mean, like comes back every single time when we say what, what makes a really good project is if we have good change management, if people are honest with what's going on, if they're informed and they understand how we got here and where we're going because of how we got here, it makes a huge difference. So anyways, takeaways, takeaways, Listen to people. It's listen to people and don't be afraid to not listen to certain people. <laughs> I guess it would and, be a way and to just say just
0: because you listen to somebody who has a different point of view it doesn't mean that that other point of view has to be right or that that point of view is ultimately going to be the thing that you decide to do. But it'll help you make the decisions that you do make smarter and more informed
1: um, And ultimately, I think will make your branding initiative more successful. The easy way is not always the best way would probably be my biggest takeaway from this. Um, There's a lot of projects we've done that you would say, wow, that like the CEO thinks this and we're just going to do it. But that's probably just because they've just cut through the let's do this doesn't necessarily mean it's the right Way, um, and I know I'm like picking on the CEO over and over again. That's not always it. Sometimes it's the VP of something, but it's something to keep in mind. Just cause, just because it was easy and quick doesn't mean that it was the right decision. It's uh, the cliche
0: of going slow to go fast. Sure, um, figure out where you're going before you just start running, um, and then once you get that arrow pointed in the right direction, then you can sprint. But gather as much information as you can, and just make make sure you're you're hearing. The right information and all the
1: information, not just the loudest information. Yeah. Thorough on the front, efficient on the back is how we think about it. I like that. We should use, start using that. All right. Next, Write it down.
0: Until next time. Was yep. a good one. Thanks. Susner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark, guiding marketing leaders who are working to make their brand communicate better, stand out. And engage audiences to grow their business. For more on Susner, visit susner.com.